tonight we're going to read out of John, and it's right after where Pastor Wes was this morning. But before I get started, um, this scripture I'm going to read, it has a lot of different meanings. And one of the meanings I really want to focus on tonight is the relationship between God and Jesus, and how that relationship between God and Jesus is, a, is a, not only a symbol, but it's a real fact of our relationship with Jesus and how we come before God. And a lot of times in our society and our culture, um, there's a lot of voices that say, oh, you can't come into God's presence. And God doesn't hear you. God is somewhere far off. And he doesn't hear your cries. He doesn't hear your voices. And a lot of times, you know, we wait upon the Lord and we don't hear him. And so we have those doubts and we have these things fall upon us. And a lot of times as well, all throughout history, uh, we as humans have always wanted to do things with our own two hands. You know, we try to make things right. We try to make the best decisions. And we do it a lot of times without relying and trusting in God. And that relationship that we have with Jesus is, is that foundation. And so we get distracted and we get uh, set aside. And a lot of times it causes a, a breakdown in our truth and in our beliefs. And so before I even want to start uh, the message tonight, I came across um, some statistics. And I know they're just statistics and I'm not reading them to bash anybody. I'm not putting anybody down. I just want to read it to you guys because it, it's an awareness for me. And I pray it's awareness for anybody else um, and how when we don't trust in Jesus and we don't see that relationship with him as a foundation, that our minds get skewed, that the flesh takes over and we don't see things as God sees it because we only see things how God sees it through Christ. You know, he's our mediator. He's our lens. He's our eyes. Um, so 78.4% of Americans check off as Christianity as a religion. That's almost 80%. But according to uh, Barna Group, which did the survey, I guess, about six months ago, um, it was said that it doesn't matter what religious faith you follow because they all teach the same lessons. 43% agreed with that and 54% disagreed. Now remember, 78.4 say check off saying they're Christians. All people will experience the same outcome after death, regardless of the religion. 40% agree, 55% disagree. All people are eventually saved or accepted by God no matter what they do because he loves all people he has created. 40% agree, 50% disagree. In life, you either side with God or you side with the devil. There is no in-between. 69% disagreed with that, while 27% agreed. And if a person is generally good or does good things for others, they will earn a place in heaven. 48% agreed. 44% disagree. Now, this happens primarily because we lose this relationship with Jesus. And so, whether we even read the word or not, we start listening to other things. And see, this is all stuff our culture says. This is all stuff that society pumps through the mainstream media and that has just flown into our world today. It's political correctness at its best. And nobody wants to offend anybody else. And so even people who have given their lives to Christ have been skewed sometimes in their images of what God is and what his truth is because of political correctness or because of what's going on around them. Now, where we're going to read in John, Jesus is attacking the religious leaders of this time. 
because to them, their worldview, as you guys know, it's my, my new term that I don't like, but I keep saying, their worldview at the time was that they were doing everything for God, that they were right, that they stood firmly in their decisions, and that they were honoring God with everything they were doing. And it was all based on works of the flesh. How, you, how well you behaved, how many times you repented, how well you prayed, how much you tithed, all that stuff. How much you went to the synagogue to pray. Did you miss a prayer time? Shame on you. You're not a good Jew. The, the, the religious leaders in that time were standing firm in their belief that they were honoring God in works of the flesh. There was no relationship with God. It was all about religion. And so Jesus is scolding the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees in this verses, and he's showing them that it's not about your religious efforts, and it's not about how good you are or what you do. It's all about having that relationship with God. And he shows them by his relationship with God. Now, it shows him to be the Christ. And that's where a lot of times a message would be focused out of these scriptures. But like I said, I really just want to focus on the relationship part. Because he, he identifies himself as the Christ. But he does it through the relationship that he has with God the Father. So starting at verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I want to pause there for a second. If you look at verse 19, it says, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing without the Father. We can do nothing without Jesus. Just as Jesus could not do anything without God. It was a perfect relationship. He was of God. He is God. He could do nothing without God. So he is telling us we can do nothing without Jesus. We have to hold on to him for everything. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We've got to hold on to that fact. We've got to hold on to that truth. And so when we try to do things without Jesus, and we do all the time, I, I personally admit I do it all the time, Paul writes that it's like worthless rags. It's nothing. Because we know in Romans 3.23 it says, For all have fallen short of the glory of God. There's nothing we can do that is good enough to please God. Nothing. Or else he never would have sent Christ to begin with. That's the whole purpose for Jesus. Is that we can be restored back in that relationship with God the Father. That's what heaven is. That's what being redeemed and forgiven is all about. It's all about the restoration of the original relationship. When God created man, he wanted a partner for him. 
Hence came Eve. It's a relationship. And then God had a relationship with Adam and Eve. We know this because when it says they ate of the fruit, it said God showed up walking in the garden in the cool of the evening. Now it doesn't say for the first time God showed up and walked in the cool of the evening of the garden, or he surprised them by walking in the cool of the evening of the garden. This was something God regularly did with Adam and Eve. Can you imagine walking with God? I mean, actually physically walking with God. That's what Adam and Eve were able to do. And that's when they hit. And so we know that God had just this intimate relationship with us who he created. That's why, you know, as we read in Psalm 8, David says, why do you even bother with us? you got the whole universe and the stars and everything you've created. Why do you care about little old me? Because it's always been about us. He created us because he loves us and he wants us to have a relationship with him. That was the whole purpose behind it. And so, also, when we look at our relationship with Jesus, notice verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things. Now, I don't know about you, but I've gone to friends... I've gone to books, I've gone to TV, uh, media, whatever, to find answers. But it says right here that the Father who loves His Son, that He, he gave us, Jesus, that he, he shows Him everything. Jesus has all knowledge. All knowledge of everything. So why would I go anywhere else but to the source who has all knowledge of everything? Granted, He may not let me know right away, always on his time but that's where my faith comes in that's where I trust and I walk and faith is that he has all knowledge and I'm going to walk in him I'm going to trust him because God has given him everything and then of course as we read on a little further uh, we talk about how uh, God does not judge but he's given that to the son and you say well what does that have to do with relationship well it comes down to the fact that Jesus is the truth and the life and the way and that no one comes before the Father except through Him. That verse is solidified here when it says that Jesus is the judge. He's saying not only should your relationship be with Jesus, it needs to be. To choose not to is foolishness. If I haven't given you enough reasons already, look, He's your judge. <laughs> That's why you need to have that relationship with Him. Trust Him because in that relationship with Jesus, we are brought straight before God, completely clean, washed away, free from sin, restored on that same level as Adam and Eve. We can actually hear God, feel God through His Holy Spirit, and to know that when we pass from this earth, we will be physically, spiritually with God, undeniably, no question, for all eternity. That's not such a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. And so we have that hope and that promise, and we know that even now we can still talk to him and hear him, and he hears us, and there's just constant communication going on, but it's all through Jesus. And that's why Jesus was telling those Pharisees, look, I do nothing on my own. Nothing. And he says it again in verse 30, if you go on a little further. He says, I can do nothing. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. That's who I want to place my trust in. I want to place my trust in the one who walks in the will of God. God who created everything, who has control of everything. 
That is who I want to walk and have faith in. If we go on a little further, um, he's telling the scribes and the Pharisees, he's saying, you search the scriptures on verse 39. He says, you search the scriptures in them and you think you have eternal life and these are which they testify of me. A lot of times, even in modern day society and churches today, all throughout church history, uh, folks have always <laughs> tried to find eternal life and peace and rest in God's holy word, but only in his word. And with that comes a gazillion opinions and theologies and so on and so forth. But Jesus is saying, look, you're, you can't search the scriptures without me because I am the word of God. In John 1.1 1, 1, it says Jesus is the word. He is the mouth of God. He is the word of God. When, when we have the Holy Spirit and we're given the Holy Spirit, it's the Word of God just coming alive in us. It's Jesus, the Holy Spirit. They're all the same. They're all wrapped up in one. And so we can't even begin to identify, like Pastor West said this morning, without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus, that relationship and trusting in Him and just relying on Him, this is just words. It's words and it's rules and it's do-nots and do's, and it doesn't make any sense. So Jesus says, you can search the Scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. See, the Pharisees and the scribes, again, their view was so skewed. They were certain that they knew what the Messiah was going to look like. They, were, they, would, they would willingly have died to say, this is what the Messiah is going to do. This is what the Messiah is going to look like. They were that certain to the point where they were willing to crucify Jesus and kill anybody who even said the name of Jesus because to them it was blasphemy. They didn't want to hear it. They were so certain in their views because of reading Scripture and only Scripture without that relationship with God that they understood and knew what the Messiah would look like. He would free them from Rome. Israel as a nation would be lifted up above all other nations. This is what the Messiah was supposed to be, not Jesus. He wasn't supposed to be humble. He wasn't supposed to talk about love and relationships. That's not what they had read in the scripture in their minds. They were so certain of it. And that's why Jesus says this. He says, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men. And see, that was the other big thing with religious leaders even to this day and back then. Honor came from other people. Honor came from congregations. And honor came from other religious leaders. And they all pat themselves on the back saying, good job, good job. You know, keep up the good work. And we're all supporting each other. And all glory and honor was all about them. What all glory and honor is. It's not ours. And so that's why Jesus says that I do not receive honor from men. He says, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. He's talking about you don't have that relationship. That's what he's saying. And I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. But if another comes in his own name, you, you will receive him. Basically saying, if another man came and said, you know what? I got a good idea. This is how we're going we're gonna to do Judaism from now on. And we're going to change this little rule here. We're going to do that. Saying they would honor that. 
they would honor that person because he's just a man. And he always got some great ideas. He says he hears from God. Great. And it, it doesn't change our way of life at all. In fact, it supports it. It builds it up. It, it encourages it. Welcome aboard, brother. But that's not what, God, what Jesus is talking about. He's saying you don't want that kind of honor. He says, do you think that I shall accuse you to the Father? There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. Now see, everything in the scriptures that, that supports the, um, the whole Judaism religion itself is from the five books in the beginning of the Old Testament written by Moses. That is the foundation of everything. And he says, Moses, in whom you put all your faith and trust in. Not God. Remember, it's another man. Moses. Moses talked about me. He says, for if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. So here's a few scriptures and what Moses wrote. Jesus is the Passover lamb. Because those who put uh, their faith in his death and the blood uh, that he shed for us are rescued from the judgment is to come. That's in John 3.16, but we know, and we talked about it all throughout Easter, how Jesus is the Passover lamb. The manna in the desert that God fed, that Pastor West was talking about this morning, God fed the manna to the Israelites, was a symbolism of Jesus is the bread from heaven, that he satisfies not only our physical hunger, but our spiritual hunger, that we are given life through him. The water that was sprung from the rock, Jesus is that living water. Um, the snake... The bronze snake, again, as Pastor West mentioned this morning, that uh, Moses held up, that all looked upon the snake, were relieved of their snake bites and the poison. That's us looking up at Jesus. It was a symbolism of Jesus, that we are to look at Jesus and be freed from all the curses of this world. The rock that was struck the first time but should never be struck again, Jesus suffered for all, all of us once and only once for all time. Um, of course, uh, Genesis 3, that... Jesus would be the one to crush the head of Satan. And that Jesus, uh, <laughs> the life of Joseph, this was a good one, I didn't even realize this. You look at the life of Joseph, it actually lines up and represents symbolically the life of Jesus. Um, and of course, that Moses said that God would raise up a prophet like me, and that's Deuteronomy 18.15. And of course, that's probably the, the, uh, the clearest reference of the coming Messiah. Uh, there's so many more things. I mean, the high priest... The high priests were a shadow of Jesus being the high priest. Um, the animal sacrifices, the lamb, was a sacrifice that Christ would do for us. Um, the tabernacle was, a, a, was just a, a shadow of the tabernacle we were going to have in heaven, the new Jerusalem, the, the Garden of Eden, Eden being restored. All these things are just fulfillment. I mean, everything Moses wrote about, everything that happened to the Israelites was a fulfillment in Christ. All of it. And that's what Jesus is showing them, saying, look, you've got so skewed. You're looking at the world. You're looking at the things around you. You're looking at your house. You're looking at your money. You're looking at your pride. You're looking at your job, uh, your esteem, and uh, how you fit in with society and what others think of you, and blah, blah, blah. And he says, you're, you're looking at all the wrong things. Look at God, that relationship with God and you will see the truth that everything from Genesis to me standing here right now he's saying is being fulfilled and of course we know it goes all the way through Revelation and of course Jesus then says on verse 47 
But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And see, that was a stab at the religious leaders of the time. And still to this day, um, for all religions, even Christianity. Um, because a lot of folks want to interpret the writings to benefit themselves. You know, they want to interpret the writings to, to show why they do something is right. And that's how we mentioned last week how truth without Jesus is just harmful and hurtful. Because we can, you can take anything in here and you can skew it to make it be whatever you want it to be. I mean, it, even it says in the Bible that the devil knows Scripture. We know that he used it on Jesus when he tempted him. The enemy uses Scripture all the time. Just because somebody uses Scripture does not mean that they have that, that blessing and that relationship with Christ. And we see that here when Jesus is talking to him. He says, if you don't believe his writings, you're not going to believe my words. And my words are the word of God. And so, as we go through our week, and we get distracted, and we all are going to get distracted, I want everybody to try to just talk, cry out, complain, vocalize, lean on, chit-chat, whatever you want to do with Jesus. Lean on Him, trust Him with everything you've got. Just give it all to Him. And trust that He's the one who knows everything. And that when we do that, we get to come into that presence with God and just be filled with His Holy Spirit. Nothing of this world matters anymore. And we have no fear. And we don't worry and we don't stress because we're just filled with peace. I mean, how could you not stand before God and just be humbled and filled with peace? And that's what his word says, and that's what it's all about. It's all about that relationship with our Lord. So, Lord, we just praise you and we thank you. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.